Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Friday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up in just a moment, longtime AJC political columnist Jim Galloway is retiring in January. He's been with the paper for 41 years. He joins me to reflect on his career. I met Nelson Mandela when he came through here. I interviewed uh, Simon Wiesenthal, the Nazi hunter. I've had a front row seat for four decades, and that's just not something to be taken lightly. That conversation coming up in just a moment. But first, this, some jarring political news. Georgia Republican House Speaker David Rostin says he wants to look at changing how the Georgia Secretary of State is elected. I think it's time in Georgia that we look at an alternative way of electing our Secretary of State. Um, There are more than one option as an alternative. Frankly, I like the option of having the General Assembly elect uh, that individual. Rostin says he's serious about the state looking at another way of electing its Secretary of State. He made the comments during the House Governmental Affairs Committee virtual meeting yesterday. As we all know, the Secretary of State is elected by voters. Now, also in that meeting... President Donald Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, was there virtually. He continued to make unproven claims of election fraud. Now, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office declined to attend the hearing. Meanwhile, at a press conference yesterday, however, Gabriel Sterling, the voting implementation manager with the Secretary of State's office, continued to counter allegations of widespread election fraud. No one has provided a shred, a scintilla of evidence the signatures weren't matched. No one. They made the allegation repeatedly, but there's zero evidence that that's the case. Hmm. Sterling said he is confident that processes are in place to prevent most cases of voter fraud going into the January 5th U.S. Senate runoffs. Now, early in-person voting for those elections begin Monday. So far, nearly 1.2 million Georgians have requested absentee ballots for the runoffs. In other news, for the second time in a week, Georgia has set a new one-day record for confirmed COVID-19 cases. The Georgia Department of Public Health reported just over 6,000 new coronavirus infections on Thursday. Now, at the time of this broadcast, 465,113 COVID-19 cases have been confirmed here in Georgia. 36,740 have been hospitalized, and of those 6,756 were ICU admissions. And, of course, this information comes from the Georgia Department of Public Health. Well, joining me now to discuss all of this, as he does on so many occasions, he's WABE's health reporter and host of the podcast, Did You Wash Your Hands? Sam Whitehead, thanks for taking the time, as always. Hey, Rose. Good to be with you. Let's get right to it, because this morning a top U.S. health official says authorization from the full FDA is imminent, but you have an update. What's the latest? 
Yeah, so this morning, uh, Alex Azar, who heads the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, uh, said on Good Morning America that the FDA, which of course his agency oversees, has told Pfizer, who makes this particular COVID-19 vaccine, that they will move ahead with emergency use authorization. Um, I actually just this morning got an email in my inbox from the FDA saying the same thing. So that is the latest. What that means, Rose, is that in the next couple of days, uh, the U.S. should have its first authorized COVID-19 vaccine. And that could mean people could start getting vaccinated as soon as early next week. Sam, for folks who may not be aware of this, let's bring them up to date in terms of who here in Georgia would be at the front of the line, so to speak, in terms of getting this vaccine. So what the governor and Dr. Kathleen Toomey, uh, who heads our Department of Public Health, has said is that they plan to stick with recommendations made by the CDC subgroup uh, that were released last week that put healthcare workers and those who work and reside in long-term care facilities at the front of the line. So those are the first priority groups. Um, But it's really important, Rose, for people to understand that the state is going to be getting a very limited uh, number of vaccines to start. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Kathleen Toomey said that number was um, several hundred thousand vaccine doses, uh, and those were gonna come out in batches. So she made it very clear that even these two top priority groups aren't gonna be able to be all vaccinated at once. So even for these two top groups, it will take some time for all of them to be reached with with vaccines. Sam, did they give any indication in terms of how this will be distributed? How will folks be able to get it? Who will be responsible? So what the Department of Public Health here in Georgia is doing is building off a plan that they have already had in place, is building off a plan that they've had in place for years to deal with a a flu pandemic. That's their framework that Dr. Toomey says they've been working on for this COVID-19 vaccine distribution plan. She says that work has been going on for months. And what that looks like is our state public health offices, there is one in every county in the state, Um, is going to be kind of ground zero for where people can expect these vaccines. Um, But there's also going to be partnerships, Dr. Toomey says, with hospitals and doctors throughout the the state. Um, And it's going to work differently for each vaccine. So Toomey says the state will actually help distribute the vaccine from Moderna. This is one that has not been approved yet, but it's going to be reviewed by the FDA next week. Um, And Toomey says Pfizer, now they make the vaccine that we do expect to get approved very soon, is actually going to be sending it to providers directly. So a little bit of a difference on those two vaccines. With Pfizer's, is this the vaccine that requires two shots? Both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine do require two shots. Now, there are others in development that do not require two shots. That second shot is called a booster. It's not Mm -hmm. uncommon in vaccines Mm -hmm. to need those. And that's one of the challenges here, right? Not only does the state need to make sure that they can get these vaccines to people, they have to get someone say, to come back for that second shot at a predetermined amount of time. Mm. Um, So that's just another logistical challenge that Georgia and, and every state that's trying to roll these vaccines out has to deal with. And meanwhile, Sam, Georgia broke a one-day record for newly confirmed COVID-19 cases. This was just yesterday. What's behind this rise in cases? Can we attribute this to the Thanksgiving Day holiday travel, or is that too soon? Well, I, now would be around the time we would expect to see it, right? Thanksgiving was, what, about two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, public health experts and officials have talked a lot about Thanksgiving uh, now that Georgia's cases have exceeded levels that they were during the summer. 
Uh, you mentioned yesterday we, we, we broke a one-day record um, for newly confirmed COVID-19 cases. That previous record had only been set about a week before. And we didn't just like edge past that last record. We blew by it by about a thousand cases, right? So mm -hmm. if you look at the numbers and the way they're trending, they're not moving in a positive direction. Now, Georgia is still doing better than most of the country. Uh, according to the White House, their latest coronavirus task force puts Georgia kind of pretty, you know, ranks Georgia pretty well when it comes to other states and the outbreak. However, um, that doesn't say a lot when nearly every state in the country is in this highest risk category, this red zone for, for disease spread. Hmm. Meanwhile, hospitalizations are also on the rise as well. Sam, what do we know how local hospitals are responding? hospitalizations are rising too. And remember, those follow cases and we can expect deaths to increase as hospitalizations increase. The number of people hospitalized here in Georgia is not to where it was this summer, um, but it looks like we will be getting there if the current trends hold. Now, what hospitals are doing, um, John Hoppert, he's the head of Grady Memorial Hospital, which is the big hospital here in Atlanta, the largest hospital in the state, he said that COVID-19 hospitalizations are rising to a point that will soon make it hard for Grady to care for any patient with any kind of serious illness. Mm. Um, Hoppert said in a statement this week that he's worried that his hospital hasn't even seen, fully realized the Thanksgiving surge. Um, and there's this additional concern that the more extended holiday season, you know, Thanksgiving is a short time, but Christmas to New Year's is what, a week, a week and a half that people are traveling. There's more of an opportunity, Hopper worries, for people to get infected. And so he says that his hospital system is, is bracing for that. And Sam, still, Governor Kemp, has he given any indication that he might put in more public health measures or is he still holding fast to his stance the way it's been all these months? You know, we asked the governor that uh, at a press conference he held this week, uh, and he did not give any indication that he was in favor of, say, a statewide mask mandate or, you know, closing bars or restaurants. Um, at this press conference, he reiterated a message he's stuck to for a long time now, this idea that we all need to take responsibility to slow the spread of the pandemic. He did talk more openly, though, about what happens if people don't do things like wear masks and mm -hmm. avoid gatherings. Um, you know, he essentially said people need to do these things to keep Georgia open. Um, and the implication there is that if people don't follow these measures, if, if Georgians if Georgia's numbers don't start to look better, he might be more open to putting more statewide measures in place. Um, his latest executive order expires on the 15th of mm -hmm. December. Uh, and, you know, for, for months now, those uh, executive orders have remained largely unchanged. It'll be interesting to see what he does with this next executive order, considering the current situation here in Georgia. And finally, Sam, from a national standpoint, what are health experts predicting as we head into 2021 for the nation in terms of these overall newly confirmed cases, we can still expect to see an increase? You know, Rose, I think that's a that's a fair expectation. The December travel period, Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah is currently happening. This is just a great opportunity for people to continue to fuel this pandemic if they do things like travel, go to gatherings, spend time indoors with people outside their households without masks on. Um, and in this latest report from the White House task force, they essentially said the situation is at a point in the U.S. where it has never been before. Um, it's it's kind of hard to imagine us turning a corner really quickly on something like this, um, especially without, you know, stronger measures in place, without better compliance from everyone on 
following these public health measures. And, you know, Rose, I think as we move into 2021, this is going to be our third calendar year with this coronavirus, right? It's not COVID-20, it's COVID-19. So we had in calendar year 19, it's been all of our 2020 and it's gonna last into 2021. And it's not hard to imagine everyone's tired of this. And I think that complicates this even more. How do we counteract that pandemic fatigue to make sure that we're all doing the things that we know we need to do to, to really make the situation better? WABE's health reporter and host of the podcast, Did You Wash Your Hands? Sam Whitehead, as always, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. Thanks, Rose. You too. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. This is Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. May 21st, 1979. Remember that date. You're going to learn a lot more about it in just a moment. Here's another date. January 15th, 2021. Political columnist Jim Galloway will retire from the newspaper. He is, in my opinion, the creator, the curator, the ambassador of everything politics in this state. Obviously, with the Political Insider blog and column, I read it for years. You've all read it for years. Now it's time to put some questions to Jim Galloway. He joins me now. Good to see you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, it's great to see you again, Rose. I appreciate it. Jim, 2020, this year, what's the headline you'd write to sum up <laughs> this year? Well, I guess you would say, uh, you, you know, my, my, my daughter bought a, a Christmas ornament uh for for her tree this year and it is basically an ornament of a dumpster fire <laughs> uh it is it has been a it has been a just a spectacularly unusual year just mm-hmm. not and and not just because of 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 the presidential campaign and and uh and this and, and the and and the and the uh, the changes that have come to Georgia, but of course the pandemic. I mean, that's mm-hmm. been, that's been. I mean, I mean, that's the sea that we're actually swimming in yeah. right now. And it's, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, uh, it's odd to be going out on a crescendo like this. You know, yeah. uh, I, I've never seen a year like this, well, and now pick- I never will again. Well, you picked a fine time to retire, Jim. You could always stay another year to see how all this plays out. You know, you can't do that. I'm sure the AJC wouldn't mind. Uh, they no, no. In fact, they 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 uh, they. Uh, I was supposed to leave on December 31st. They've asked me to, and they asked me to just kind of stick it out another two weeks, another pay period, so we could uh, so we can get uh, these two uh, uh, Senate runoffs settled. Before we go. A little back in terms of how you got into all of this. What has been the 
outpouring from folks when, when you made the announcement that you were retiring? I imagine you heard from a lot of folks. I did. And it's, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's, I've always been a, a Mark Twain fan and it, it's kind of like Tom Sawyer kind of uh, looking in on his own funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's it's it, 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 in 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 many ways it's 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 been gratifying. I, I've I've had a few uh, 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 good riddance notes uh, passed my way, but, uh, but 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 overall overall it's it's I've 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 heard from from uh, many friends that I haven't talked to in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, both Judy and I went to high school down here, and it's mm-hmm. you know and and we're I'm hearing from high school friends. Wow. Uh, uh, which is kind of very, very cool. Let's go back then because folks, and I didn't know this until I, I read about it. You were a photographer in college at UGA, correct? That's how I started because yeah. I couldn't type. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> I had to take a typing class first. You know, I was writing out, I, I was writing, uh, uh, writing out news stories, uh, uh, by in longhand. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but, you know, I've always had, you know, I, I, when I was young, I had a thing for cameras. I mean, that started way back in, in high school when we were dealing with uh, film in dark rooms. And so, yeah, yeah, I started out as a photographer for the red and black. Wow. Uh, I remember reading in an article, I think it was from the Atlanta magazine. Now, Jim, come clean. You were investigating voter fraud and you're a journalist, but <laughs> some of your journalistic approaches led to a suspension yeah what'd well, you do well, jim <laughs> well i vote I, I i got into a ballot into the ballot voting booth several times uh using the using the ids of my female colleagues on the red and black <laughs> uh now there's a there's a there's there's a, there's a there's a there's a story here i know there's a story here. and and the story is that i was brought up on charges uh, uh, by the student judiciary, mm. and there was uh, a prosecutor involved. His name was John Barrow. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh my boy! We are, we are, we are, we, that's long ago. We are, we are well past that and we are friends now. Yeah. Uh, and actually it, it turned out well. I was, I was kicked out of uh, UGA for the summer. Uh, but I managed, that's the same summer that I interned at the AJC, it was 76. How fitting. Yeah. And so it was, it, it turned out, it turned out for the best. And, you know, strange thing, even though I was suspended for that, that for that quarter, mm-hmm. I still got the five-hour credit for the internship. I don't know how. I don't works. know how it works either. <laughs> wow. Let Let go to May twenty-first, nineteen seventy-nine. You recall that very first day at the AJC? Oh, you were a youngin. You were you were a baby. I was I was scared to death. I was twenty-three years old. Yeah. You know, and I was I had been hired to as an editor, hmm. not as, not as a reporter. I was hired as an editor to uh, we were establishing a new set of. Uh, of uh, suburban suburban publications, and I was going to be uh, uh, in charge of uh, 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 some 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 people about my age, maybe a little bit older, and then you know a few people who were twice my age. Mm. So that was it was it was rather daunting. I uh, imagine. Listen, politics aside, you've covered some amazing 
events as it relates right here in the Atlanta area. You covered a Klan march, a parade of some uh, sorts. Well, no, parade. No, no, no. I was the Klan, uh, the, the the Klan beat reporter, uh, very early on. Uh, after I left editing and 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 went back to writing. So there was a beat uh, for the Klan. Well, it's two things. Number one, it was it was uh, it was it was. Uh, it was when we had the separate journal and the separate constitution mm-hmm. news staffs. So I was, uh, I was, I, I went, uh, I went from the 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 the, the community paper to uh, to the journal, uh, and the only opening they had was as a religion writer. Mm. Uh, so I became a religion writer, which is good uh, because this, this was this was during the time when Ronald Reagan was was uh, was starting to steal the evangelical vote from, from Jimmy Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it also, I, I was the low man on the totem pole, and that means I was working a lot of weekends. And so that's when Klan rallies were held. And, and they always wanted to send a, a reporter to these, these, these events, not to write, write about them, but to mon- monitor them. Mm. So it was, it was like, you know, who, whose time can we waste here and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, not feel too bad about it? So, yeah, I ended up, uh, I ended up, uh, Going to, to several several clan rallies, meeting you know JB Stoner, Ed Fields, uh, some of the real scary guys. Mm. Jim, who was your mentor back then? Who were the folks that you turned to, or who helped you? Well, there was a, a guy named Glenn McCutcheon. He hired me for the for the uh, for, for the uh, for for my f- first job out of there. Uh, when I was interning, I, I hung around a good bit with Alexis Scott Reeves. Mm-hmm. She's now Alexis Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in fact, in fact, uh, uh, that's it, it, when I, when I was interned, they gave me the desk between uh, uh, Alexis and Alice Murray. Oh, oh wow! Uh, who's the religion writer? So I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was a, I was very sheltered. <laughs> What'd you learn sheltered. from Alexis Scott? Uh, you know that was uh, number one. It was it was it was probably the first time I I I I'd had a, a, a an African American colleague to sit next to, and I think at that time she was a single mom mm-hmm. uh, with a young kid, uh, Sinke, and it was uh, it was it was it was an interesting experience for me. It was a, it was a very educational experience, uh, and we we do keep in touch still. Yeah, no, I she's definitely a shero to so many folks like me. In this industry, no relation, by the way, Jim. When you and it's hard to put this question to someone like you, but I'm imagining through all of the coverage of the politicians and other notables, you have some favorites that you just enjoy talking to. I don't, I don't know if we're supposed to always admit that as journalists, but you know. Oh, oh, oh of course I did. Of course I did. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I, I was I was covering City Hall when Andy Young was mayor. Hmm. And he was he was just a delight because he was so unexpected, and you know we had a, a a very drab, beaten up press room at the time, and and he would just come in and sit, and talk, and and oh his staff hated that, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was great, and he would say these unusual things, and he traveled, hmm. and this was in the golden era of newspapers, so I got to go with him, yeah, on, you know quite a number of places, uh, you know I. Uh, Went to Zimbabwe with him. I went to Botswana with him. Uh, uh, it was it was uh, uh, it was it was a wonderful experience. Uh, let me see. I, I've had uh, uh, I had I've had I, I, I you know when 
uh, I ran the foreign desk for the AJSP at, at, at a time. I, mm-hmm. I met Nelson Mandela when he came through here. Oh, you know, yeah. that's, 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 uh, uh, I interviewed uh, Simon Wiesenthal, the Nazi hunter, mm-hmm. and Elie Wiesel, uh, the, the writer and poet. Uh, uh, th- those were all fun. I mean, I had, uh, you know, in 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 in, the, in terms of politics, uh, one of the, you know one of my constant uh, constant uh, sources and 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 just kind of somebody I, I would always rely on to make sure I was going in the right direction was uh, Calvin Smyre, mm-hmm. uh, who's still in the legislature, still in, still in the General Assembly. He's, yeah. he's still he's you know, uh, uh, it is uh, it, it's it's I've I've had a front row seat. Mm-hmm. You know, for 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 four decades, and 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 that's that's just not something to be taken lightly. If you're just joining me, I'm joined by longtime Atlanta Journal Constitution political columnist Jim Galloway. He is retiring in January. So let me ask you, Jim, what do you make of? You know, some folks have already declared that Georgia, you know, has has turned in terms of its political ideology and. I've said that I think we might need a few more election cycles. Uh, what's your take on that in, in terms of the state? I think we're, I, I think we're becoming. Mm-hmm. And I think there's always going to be a, a situation where you have two steps forward and a step back. Uh, uh, you know, if you were a Republican in, in 1980, you would have been saying the same thing. You know, we made a, a gain here and then we got defeated here and, the, here and there. But ultimately, you know, the... the, the the, the makeup of the population of, of Georgia is is it's is it's uh, is 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 going to have its say. You know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, this is this is when you retire uh, and people start asking questions, you, you you do start taking stock of your life and uh, where you've been. Uh, I, I was not born in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was born up in up in Ohio. And I can still name the day that we moved down south, and you probably can too. November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Oh my goodness! Yes. The yeah. Loss of Kennedy, a... was mm-hmm. Kennedy was shot. Kennedy was shot. Me and my 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 four siblings were loaded into a station wagon, and we went south and uh, went right into the the uh, Fulton County fight over desegregation. Hmm. Uh, so that was. So you know, you know, if if the the last fifty years has kind of been a test for the country about whether, and I've I've told high school kids that I talk to about this, you know, we're 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 at the apex of a test of whether we can really become a multiracial democracy. That's what the '60s were about. That's what the '70s and '80s and '90s, and about that's where we are now. Mm. And we are right at the point where I mean, you can see that you can see the tension. I mean, with with uh, with with uh, in, in 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 this year's presidential election mm-hmm. and Trump's refusal to give in, that is a large part of of the 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 the, the back and forth of, of of deciding who is eligible to run the to help run the country to have a say so and who is not. Jim, you ever second guess? writing a piece after it was published? Well, have I screwed up? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask it like that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, and, and look, if, if you have not made a mistake in print, uh, then you have not been writing long enough. 
and so yeah, I've, you know, I've got I, I've had errors here and there. I've only had a couple occasions where I've written something that said no, I had a wrong take on that. Hmm. Uh, uh, like it, what? Uh, oh, it, it would go way back. It, it would go way back to my first paper in in in, in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I can't even I can't even recall the details here. But it's it's you know it's in the old days we had enough copy editors and and line editors to save you from your, your worst mistakes. Hmm. Uh, and and when I, it, it, what's interesting is when I when I when I when I go into a school classroom now, and I tell them about the old days, you know I kind of I kind of line up kids in a row and saying okay. You know, you're the reporter. You're the line editor. You're the copy editor. You're slot. You're you're the uh, uh, you're the you're the composing room. You're the you're the printer, and you're the truck. I you do know? that too, Jim. I, I yeah, and wow. and now and and then <laughs> then what I tell then what I tell them is here's what it is today. It's me. Wow. It's me and a keyboard and I punch a button, and and that's 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 kind of scary. That's where that's where I that's where that's where I get the heebie-jeebies. It's interesting because that's my next question is like you're looking into my script, you know, our industry and, and I wrote it. So, you know, bear with me because I want to get it out because I think it's a great way. You know, Jim, mm -hmm. our industry, this journalism landscape has changed a lot since 1979. <laughs> you know, technology has been a major boost. Digital is a primary platform. But with these changes, what's been troubling or concerning for you? Well, I will tell you what, when we first started the blog, uh, one of the things that most bothered me uh, were the comments. You know, because the newspaper allowed it, they 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 refused to censor the comments. They let everybody anybody do it, uh, and uh, that was my first taste of the how uh, how terrible the internet world could be hmm. when it, under when, especially when it's anonymous. You know, you know that's the one thing I I have put. I I don't think I've ever written a piece. Uh, where I haven't put my name on it, and and it bothers me when 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 people don't put their names to the things uh, right now. That's it, 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 there's a lack of ownership. There's a lack of responsibility there. Now, but we've moved away from the commenting. We don't we don't yeah. we don't comment on my blog anymore. You've you know if 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 it lands on Facebook, you can comment on it there, and it's their problem. It's not my problem. It's not the newspaper's problem. Uh, you know, Twitter is another place where it's, you know, you, you, uh, you, you, I know everybody is, everybody is, is, is wearing a mask. And, and I, I, I find that that does not help. I agree with you on that. You know, it, it's, I, I had an interesting conversation, um, uh, during, oh, it was, uh, it was uh, it was when the white supremacists were uh, were uh, 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 meeting down in Noonan. I think it was maybe what, three, four, five years ago, and uh, you had some Antifa people there, counter protesting, and they were all masked. And one of the fellows was arrested for, for wearing a mask. This was before the pandemic, of course. Uh, that 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 law has been suspended. And you know, I, I talked to him. You know, I said, you know, why are you wearing a mask? And he says, uh, uh, I don't want to get doxxed. You know, these people will come af after me on the Internet. And I said, you know, I told him John Lewis never wore a mask. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, he never got doxxed. 
and that's true. He just got beat up. Yeah. Uh, his 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 colleagues got their houses burned. But 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 identity was a big part. I mean, declare John Lewis declaring himself a an actual human being. Identity making yourself known by your own name was a big part of it. And 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 we've moved away from that. Why now, Jim? Why? Why now is the time for you to start another chapter, as I'll call it? Well, it's, 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 I've, I've been doing the column and the blog. Uh, it started up right, right, right with, uh, with, with 9-11, 2001. So it's, you know, we're, we're almost at the 20 year mark. And that's, you know, I, I do the jolt five days a week. I put out, put it out five times a week. I do two print columns in addition to that. And, and I, I'd like, I, I, look, I, I'm not dying. I don't have any health problems. I, I, I plan to, to, to keep writing, but I'd like to be able to think more than, you know, an hour or so mm-hmm. uh, before, I, before I put words down on a, on, on a screen. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've got a little, little wood, wood shop downstairs that I, I like to fool around with. If it's never about the destination, but only the journey, um... How do you sum it up? And then also, what Judy has meant in all of this as well. Well, it's, uh, um, uh, we have been, this is, uh, my, my relationship with the paper is 41 years and some odd months. Uh, my wife and I have been married 43 years. We have dated for 46 now coming up on forty-seven, uh, we met in high school over at uh, off Old National Highway. Uh, that was the old M.D. Collins yeah. High School. Now, Jim, were, were were you smooth when you first approached Judy? What was your line? Well, well, we didn't start dating until until we were both in Athens. <laughs> okay, and it was you know it was it was. Uh, uh, I, I I can honestly say that the last time I kissed a girl for the first time. Richard Nixon was president. Only you would have, only you would have that metric <laughs> to use. <laughs> uh, she's been a lot, I know. And she has. She has been. I mean, look, it's, it, it is. It is just a terrible thing to be a spouse, the spouse of a journalist. You know, it's. I mean, you, you have to. You, you have to. Uh, the, the hours are so long and mm-hmm. so odd and sometimes you know i've been away from the house i've been away from home for, for for weeks and months at a time and that has left her in the bind and you know she's been she's had to pick up a slack there mm-hmm. and so so you love her more than ever because of that so jim galloway on january 16th 2021 that new chapter begins Best of luck to you, Jim. You are the gold standard in this business. Thank you so much. Um, now I'm blushing. <laughs> well, you are. I don't say that about a lot of people now. <laughs> <laughs> and look, not only that, on this day, t- interviews with two amazing people, Jim Galloway, and then Dion Warwick is coming up next. Oh, can I stay? I'm sorry, brother. I already did the interview. <laughs> So this is a good way to for me on a Friday. Um, but thank you, Jim, for everything that you've you've meant for our, our industry and here in Atlanta. Um, I think the AJC, I think WABE, I think there's so many media outlets that that get it right. 
we do the best that we can. And um, thank you so much. Well, we're it's we're we're in it's going through a difficult time. You know, we got to stick together. All right. Take care and take care of right. Sherlock. Okay, we'll do it. Thanks All a lot. Right. Right. Bye, Jim. Best of luck to you. Bye. Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. This Saturday, there will be a celebration for a legend. You know the voice, of course. It's six-time Grammy award-winning singer, songwriter, actress, and television host, the incomparable Dionne Warwick. And there's something special this Saturday as she celebrates an 80th birthday, but Dionne Warwick is also helping with a virtual event and for a very good cause. Part of the proceeds will go toward Hunger Not Impossible. It's an initiative that will feed many, many people this holiday season. By the way, something else that's really, really cool, Dionne Warwick and I share a birthday month. Miss Warwick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blessings to you. Thank you for taking the time. And from all of us, happy birthday. Well, thank you, my darling. And happy belated birthday to you. We spoke last year. You came to the station, and we talked about your wonderful holiday album, who knew a year later we'd all be dealing with this pandemic? Uh, what's your take no. on what's been happening all this year? Oh, goodness. I, I, I believe, um, for those of us who do believe in God, as I do, mm-hmm. um, and every now and then he does test us. Hmm. And I believe this is our test right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, deal with discomfort and mm-hmm. deal with not uh, knowing and deal with getting to know yourselves, getting back to being human beings, you know, uh, understanding each other, things Mm -hmm. of that nature, I think is really what we're learning at this point in our lives. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we lost sight of it. And now we got to get back to it. I truly believe that's what's going on, that we are all being tested to see just what we're made out of. Let me ask you this before we get to this weekend's big event. How are you doing in all of this, Miss Warwick? You know, I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 I was in Vegas, of course, in residency when mm-hmm. this whole thing came about, and Vegas shut down, of course. So I've been home since March in my house. And, um, it's been kind of on the pleasant side for me. It's almost like a vacation I've never had. <laughs> you know, I discovered room I didn't, didn't even know was in the house. <laughs> now, Miss Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping in my own bed, you yeah. know, getting up when I want to and going up into my own kitchen and cooking my own food to what I want to eat and how I want to eat it. You know, it's it's been... Um, Pretty much a relaxing time for me, and and also a reflecting time. Yeah, getting to know who and what I'm about too. Yeah, um, I do find now that I'm I'm getting to the point now. Really, I would 
I think it's time for the doors to open and me to stick my head outside and hang mm-hmm. out for a minute or two. You know, I'm, I'm missing that. I'm missing, I'm missing performing mm-hmm. very, very much. But, you know, I think, you know, once this is over, and it will be, we're going to do a lot more than this. We'll all get over it, and it'll be back to as close to normal as we know it. Yeah. And, you know, Miss Warwick, what we know about this pandemic is that it has amplified all of the inequities and challenges that already existed for so many people, and hunger mm-hmm. is one of them. I have done so many segments with organizations where they're working overtime and overdrive trying to help so many households that need that simply need food. No, it's, and you know, I, I find that to be one of the most horrific realizations, especially here in the United States. We have too much for anybody to be hungry. I'm sorry, we just do. And for it to go this far, uh, where, and I mean, I've seen the lines, and it's, it's like unbelievable mm-hmm. to know that that many people are going to be without food, especially babies. You know, come on, mm-hmm. let's all get a grip here. Over the years throughout your career, you've always made time for humanitarian efforts, and it continues mm-hmm. now with this virtual event, and you have some special friends joining you, including yeah. another legend, the remarkable Johnny Mathis. Absolutely. How yes, long have y'all been friends? Oh, well, uh, since the very beginning of my career. Yeah. So we're talking about almost 60 years. Well, he's a wonderful, wonderful human being. And, uh, I mean, John and I, First met at, at the Brooklyn Fox in New York City in the '60s, so you know that's that's how long we've been friends, and he's he's just always been there for me as I have for him, and has never said no to me, and I'm I, I'm so happy to say, be able to say that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I don't call on him that much, but when I do, he's, he's ready, willing, and able, and it's for a good cause. Why did you want to celebrate an 80th birthday and at the same time be able to help? That was important you know, to you. Yeah, that's that's my gift to me this year. I give myself a birthday gift every year. And my gift to me this year is my gift of giving. And I felt the, the best way to do that is with the organization that I find is doing some wonderful work and is in dire need of help. They asked if I would lend my voice and help to get people interested in it. And I thought, well, yeah, why not? Hunger and Not Impossible is a wonderful organization. They have their own website that anyone can go to and see what wonderful work they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can go to my my website as well, officialdionwarwick.com, mm-hmm. to get more information on them. And I understand that a lot of folks or trying to figure out how to get in there without making a donation, but that ain't going to work. <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> it just ain't going to work. <laughs> you know, Miss Warwick, I know you have some tour dates scheduled for late next year. You mentioned earlier how, how you miss performing. How great will it be to get back out there? Oh, it's going to be a joy, an absolute joy. You know, I miss the the smiles and the interaction, people singing with me. And that arm going around the shoulder or or grabbing a hand. You know, those are very important parts of anyone's performances, I believe. I know they are of mine. And uh, 
you know, the joy that you see on people's faces. But music is a, a wonderful healer. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible vehicle to have been blessed to be able to share. So I'm, I'm ready, ready and I'm aching to get back to it. Can we expect new music next year as well? I mean, you've got oh, yeah. an incredible I'm getting... <laughs> discography already, <laughs> but I, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> you like so many others. When are you going to record anymore? What's next? No. <laughs> yeah, we're planning um, something that's going to be kind of a surprise for a lot of people. So, you know, just hang in there. You never know what Dion's going to do. <laughs> Now, I will say this. I know what Dion's going to do. You have a duet coming up with Chance the Rapper? No, it's not a duet. I don't know where that came from. Okay. So you see how people put stuff out there? Misunderstood. Okay. Yeah, no, it's just misunderstood, I believe. Um, My son, Damon, who produced Voices of Christmas and a few other CDs for me, (laughs) wrote a wonderful song to tie in with Hunger Not Impossible. And uh, we have enlisted other people to sing parts of the song gotcha. and or speak parts of the song. And uh, I had a wonderful conversation with uh, Chance on, to- on telephone shortly after he responded to my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was, he's, such, he's such a wonderful young man and I love what he's doing. You know, he's, he's very community minded. He's also quite a humanitarian, you know, the way he's taking care of basically Chicago almost on his own with the babies and the homeless and schools and things of that nature that need attending to. And I asked if he would mind being a part of this this project. And he immediately responded with a yes. Mm. So that's where where the the chance would be a part of many. You know, I have we have Jennifer Garner, who's going to also be a part of it. Mm-hmm. They're all saying, okay, yeah, I want to do this. So I'm waiting now to see if I can get, I've jumped on weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've uh, let Taylor Swift know that I, I'm on her team as well. Okay. So, you know, it would be wonderful to hear that they're all going to be a part of it, you know. And I fell in love with the song. I really got more involved with Chance when I heard a recording that he had a duet with um, Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Holy. And so poignant. And I, I watched the video and I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, it was almost as if it was preordained I was supposed to meet this young man. Mm-hmm. Because the video itself and the song is dealing with those who don't have and how they're being helped by those who do. This whole movement of Hunger Not Impossible is about. This whole movement, and I know mentioning all the years that you and, and so many of your your peers have given back, what does it say to you that some of these younger and newer artists are also doing the same? Yeah, I think it's wonderful, you know, that they're, they're thinking more about others other than themselves, which um, is, is uh, very encouraging mm-hmm. to know that um, they're okay, you know, and uh, they're very boisterous about it, but that's okay. <laughs> let, <laughs> let people know what you're doing. <laughs> I love it. I think, yeah, I want to know that you're doing it. Tell me, you know, make me aware. 
the the fact that they are doing is very, very important for us all to realize and applaud. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, when you made the surprise visit with your friends Gladys and Patty to see you three, for me, was a highlight. And I think I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask it again. When you look back and you sum up your career, and it's not over by any stretch of the means, but you look back from when you started and now in 2020, still going. What has the journey been like, Miss Warwick? Um, it's been very interesting. You know, I've experienced an awful lot. Ups, downs, ins, outs, around corners, and um, but everything was uh, a learning experience. It's been delightful in the folks that I've been able to interface with and meet, and those who have mentored me. Uh, I've been given privileges that uh, were beyond my belief. Um, I've seen things. I've been places. I've been able to expose my children to different countries and different cultures. So it's, it's uh, I've been truly blessed. The wonderful and lovely Miss Dionne Warwick. I thought last year was a highlight of my career. This is even better. Thank you so much for all that you're doing with Hunger Not Impossible and everything that you've been doing over the years. Thank you for what you've contributed to the soundtrack of my life. And um, I know last time we spoke, I mentioned how much I adore Deja Vu. Yeah. <laughs> The line that gets me all the time is, come to me now. We don't have to dream of love. We know how. Goodness, that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Adrian Anderson wrote a lyric. I tell you, she really did. Oh, Dion Warwick, continued, continued blessings. Thank you so much for taking the time. We'll have information about this weekend celebration. And again, happy birthday to you, Miss Warwick. Thank you, my darling, very, very much. And happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Warwick. I always enjoy speaking with you. Thank you. That's it for this edition of Closer Look, which is produced by Grace Walker and LaShawn Hudson. Our engineer is Shelly Canavy. If you missed any of today's program, it's online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And of course, you can listen to Closer Look weeknights at 8 p.m. And listen whenever you want, because Closer Look is now available as a podcast. Just visit NPR One or your favorite streaming app and subscribe. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.